Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, where cancer survivors, caregivers, and others touched by cancer share their stories. The Max Mallory Foundation presents this podcast in honor and memory of Max Mallory, who died at age 22 from testicular cancer. I'm your host, Joyce Lofstrom, a young adult and adult cancer survivor, and Max's mom. Hi, it's Joyce here, and today I wanted to talk about uh, finding a good doctor if you have testicular cancer. Uh, I'm just going to be talking based on uh, my experience as a mom uh, of a son who had testicular cancer, and I'm also going to point out some resources that might be helpful to any of the listeners who have recently been diagnosed with testicular cancer or maybe seeking a second opinion if you need that. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of making sure that you have a physician that knows what he or she will be doing to help you treat this disease. Uh, It's a rare cancer. It's a different cancer as many cancers. It's not just one cancer. It's different types of cancer in each person, different stages, obviously, when you find it. And so it's really important, as with any surgery or any cancer surgery, to find someone that has experience in uh, treating patients with testicular cancer. And if you have to have the surgery, the uh, RPLND surgery, someone who has done it uh, multiple times and can help you be assured that you are getting the right treatment. My comments are not to um, disparage physicians who are doing this across the country, across the world. It's just a comment that sometimes when you are diagnosed with cancer, your immediate thought is, I need to do something right away. I need to get this taken care of. And sometimes that emotion clouds decision-making. And so let me just speak from my experience um, with Max, my son. When he was diagnosed, uh, he actually found out in the emergency room about 1030 at night. He had gone there about 330 that afternoon uh, because of intense back pain. Um, And this was in 2015. So it's a few years ago, um, not during COVID, but he stayed in the hospital. He had to start chemo right away. Uh, he had to bank sperm right away. And, you know, it had spread. And so we didn't do what I'm saying. We had him stay there. We had him um, begin chemo. We had him begin chemo. And uh, that was it because of the severity of the disease. Uh, I think his chemo treatment was standard. Uh, and I also know that his oncologist. Uh, was good and welcomed as time went on any kind of consult with other physicians who might treat testicular cancer. You know, I mention this because there's so many variables that go into this kind of diagnosis, and it's hard to know what to do first. And uh, Max had a cancer that was um, not the kind that you find in your testicle, like an enlarged testicle, a lump, or anything like that. You know, his was, uh, I'll say, hidden. He was born with one testicle, and 
even though we thought it wasn't there, it was, and there was a mass in his abdomen, which you can't feel. Uh, and it appeared through pain. And so I think many young men may have a similar experience where it's not always a visible lump that uh, points to testicular cancer. So that's why I recommend uh, looking at this list and just thinking about using it um, as you move ahead in your care. I want to tell you about another resource that will be helpful to anyone with testicular cancer or their caregivers. And this is a site from the Testicular Cancer Resource Center. Uh, the link to that page is thetcrc.org. Again, thetcrc.org. I'm on the resource page of that website, and on that page, you will find uh, a list of physicians who treat testicular cancer across the U.S. and across the world, really. Uh, they list uh, the doctors in the U.S. by state. Uh, obviously, across the world, it's by country. I feel like this is a very important resource for anyone with testicular cancer. You can look at this page and find a doctor either in your state or close to you if, you're, if there isn't one in your state uh, or in your country, and consult with them. This page and these resources are not meant uh, to disparage or you know, end the relationship with the doctor you might be working with. Instead, it's a resource for consultation. And for some people, it's been a resource for care. Uh, we used it and found it very helpful. Uh, we used it for Max's surgeries, meaning he got through chemo, then he had to have this RPLND surgery. And so this resource uh, gave us uh, physicians to talk with about the surgery and who could do it and what it involved and so forth. And we wound up talking to two different physicians about this. And I recommend looking at this page and thinking about using it uh, for the any kind of questions you might have. Uh, if you're trying to find a physician to do uh, the RPLND surgery. And again, if you are where you want to be location-wise, uh, cost-wise, insurance-wise, which most of us face and, and make decisions often based on that, then this group of physicians can serve as consults with your doctor. And if your doctor has questions or if you have questions, and I would say most of them, I don't know, but I would say most of them are open to at least hearing from you, and then you can find out what a consult might might cost, you know, what you might have to do for it. But I, I would definitely look at this page and think about using it when it comes to your own uh, diagnosis and treatment. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the other thing is, as you go through it, ask questions and don't be afraid to, uh, I'm going to say make demands, but a better way to say it would be don't be afraid to ask questions. And if something isn't right, ask for it to be corrected. And I think sometimes that's hard to do. I, I've been through cancer treatment, not chemo, but radiation, radioactive iodine um, for thyroid cancer. And, you know, in all those treatments, you as the patient, you're very vulnerable. 
you are trying to get well, you're trying to focus on you and your health. And sometimes that's hard to do uh, based on just many variables, what you're thinking, or maybe you're thinking about your job, you're thinking about your income, uh, whatever it might be. But if you have someone with you at the hospital or during chemo, I know right now that's hard with the virus going around the country, but get a list of questions together and you could do it through the patient record. Um, That's another way to do it. Or send it to your doctor or call him or whatever will work to get those questions answered. It can make a big difference on what's going on with you. I'm trying to think of just a good example of, you know, what to do and how basic some of these questions might be. So, for example, washing your hands is very important right now. It's always been important in a healthcare setting to reduce the risk of infection. And most of the caregivers will be washing their hands. They will be wearing gloves during treatment. But there were times, again, this is several years ago, but when I saw that didn't happen, they either didn't wash their hands with the, the, you know, the dispenser in the room with the hand sanitizer, or most often it was they did do that, but they didn't wear gloves. Now, okay, you could say that's not a big deal. doesn't matter. And uh, theoretically, it doesn't. They have the hand sanitizer. But, you know, I never felt comfortable with that. I never felt that that was enough. In a cancer setting, in a high-dose chemo setting, you should always have on gloves. And again, I'm the mom. This is my, you know, me speaking about it. But say something. Ask them to put on gloves. And it's, like I said, it may be hard to do, but you're there to get better, to make sure you're, child gets better, your husband, your son. So something like that that is really simple, ask about it. You know, ask for time with the team of doctors. That's something that um, we saw all the doctors separately. I never saw the team come in until Max died. You know, they talk, I hope, but ask to meet with them together once a week. Uh, find out what's going on. Now, granted, you're not going to be in the hospital room, but if you're in a situation such as a high-dose chemo situation or just basic chemo for your son or, you know, and you want to know what's happening, find out what the team is doing. You know, you can do a call, a uh, Zoom call. You can do a call with everybody on the line, just on the phone without Zoom. And yes, they're busy. Yes, they have a lot to do. But to take care of patients, I would say that that's a reasonable request. It's not going to be a long call, but it'll be enough for you to find out more about what's going on and, you know, just any kind of questions you have about that treatment, I think is very important for you to find out and make sure that they make time to give that to you. And so those are ways that I think it will help you get through this whether you're the patient or the caregiver. Uh, and I, you know, I think the caregiver can initiate these kinds of meetings since the patient, if you're in hospital for chemo, 
uh, it's hard to want to, you know, drum that up and think about, I want to have a meeting with all of my doctors. It's, you know, you're trying to just get through the chemo and feel okay. So again, that's, I think the importance of having that advocate person with you, with you remotely, but just have one and make sure that you can ask those kinds of questions. That's what I would say is really, really something to think about and to do as you go through this. So that's about all I wanted to share in this one. Um, I wanted to just think about some tips that might help people as they listen to this and are trying to begin their care or think about the care they're receiving, making sure it's what they want, and just learning. And you can also find information on the Max Mallory website. We have articles there about survivors and people who didn't survive. We also have those resources I just listed uh, in terms of finding specialists around the country. And again, I really would encourage you to do so. And it's not that you should stop seeing the doctor you have, and it doesn't mean you have to travel far away to get treatment, but at least learn more about these doctors and if you need more information, get your physician to consult with them. I think it's it's peace of mind, if nothing else, to confirm you know what's going on with your treatment. Um, I know it helped us a lot to do that, and just know what you know what Max was up against and what you have to do to get better. I mean, it's really that simple. Thanks so much for joining me today on Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer from the Max Mallory Foundation. We have a website, and it's at maxmalloryfoundation.com, where you can learn more about testicular cancer, donate, and also send your ideas for guests on the podcast. And for spelling, Mallory is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Please join me next time for Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer.